But as the primary vision caster, as the, as the person leading this plan, the primary Bible teacher, you must be the person to lead in this area. In this episode, we're going to be speaking about financial partners for your church plant. Uh, it's worth noting that we've built an entire course, uh, which you can access in the show notes, uh, around raising financial support for your church plant. Uh, the three foundational principles that we'll talk about are drawn from the first chapter of Rod Irvine's book, Giving Generously, hmm. which you recommend? I recommend. It's a really good book. It's yeah. very, very helpful. So I'm going to pull out uh, just three. That's three, isn't it? That's three right there. Three foundational <laughs> principles right there, followed by, well, then we'll talk about some specific tips uh, for building financial partners for your plan. Here's number one, principle number one. Uh, you, the emphasis here is you need to spearhead the raising of resources here. You need to do that. Now, you might feel awkward about it. Uh, you might not think you have the skill set to do it effectively. Uh, you might even feel like it's self-serving to go and ask people uh, to give money to support you in your ministry and this plant. But as the primary vision caster, as the, as the person leading this plant, the primary Bible teacher, you must be the person to lead in this area. Yeah, you must be the person leading this here. Now, Rod Irvine has a great quote from his he book. He does. He yeah. says, so he says, the fruit of this ministry can often be traced to how much prayer, wisdom, planning and courage have been demonstrated. Hmm. Yeah, that's a hard word, I yeah. think. That's a hard word. There are lots of things you learn at, at Bible college and training for ministry. Generally, this is not one of them. <laughs> yeah. um, but you do need to do that. Anyway, that's principle one. You need to be the, you need to spearhead the raising of resources. Here's principle number two. Uh, if you're going to get people to partner financially with you, you need to have a shared, credible vision with the people that you're talking to. Mm. Yeah. What do you mean by that? What do I mean by <laughs> yeah, that? Can you Is it self-explanatory? Can you expand? Oh, my goodness. All right. Yeah, that's, well, listen, what... what what it means is really getting people on the same page. They need to share the vision that you have for making disciples in the context that you have. And it needs to be credible enough that they can see how you're going to do it. Uh, so there needs to be some meat to the bones, not a pie in the sky thing. Uh, and in understanding that and having some trust in you and this vision, they can then begin to consider what it would look like to financially partner with you. Anyway, yeah, okay. that's two. Here's three. Number three, uh, this is not a fundraising exercise. This is a faith-raising exercise. <laughs> what uh, a hey, you like that one? That's not yeah. me. That's right, Irvine. <laughs> oh, okay. it, it, and look, it feels a bit corny, doesn't it? It feels <laughs> yeah, a bit corny. Uh, but let me tell you, a very helpful concept to okay. understand what you're trying to do. Mm. Because you're not just trying to get money out of people to resource your church. Yeah. You're actually, as you sit across from someone talking about this is a discipleship moment. Mm. It's a discipleship moment. That's what you need to grasp when you're talking to people because that's what moves it out of being about me and being about the vision mm -hmm. and them being part of the vision and them growing in Christ-likeness. Mm -hmm. This is a faith-raising exercise, not a fun. I know it sounds I know it sounds no, it's helpful. Yeah, but look, at the heart of the conversation then, it's an invitation into what God is doing. Uh, now, some people are going to have mixed motives. Some people are going to partner with you while they're not necessarily on board with your vision entirely, but they'll still partner with you. Yeah. You've got to grapple with that. Okay. Uh, you, look, you, you look suspicious of that. I am suspicious. I, would, I can't imagine a world in which I want to partner with a church when I'm not on board with their vision. Yeah. Um, and so generally the relationship between in that context, which is unusual, I want to acknowledge that, um, but it might be parents 
or close friends <laughs> or things like that who will be willing to part with money even though they won't know what you're doing in that. Oh, but that's more I'm unaware of your vision, not I disagree with your vision. Oh, they could be aware of your vision, but they might just not be, not that they're opposed to it necessarily, they're but they love, maybe. that's right, they yeah, love you. Okay. So you've asked, and so, but still, that's a discipleship moment. And you do need to decide whether you're going to take that money or have that conversation. Mm. Um, but it is worth knowing people are going to have mixed motives. Some people are really going to get what you're doing and partner with you in that. Other people aren't. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. All right. You, yeah. can, you can write a blog post on how you disagree <laughs> with that later and you can see that link in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, every, everyone's got mixed motives with that. Some are going to give if they love you. Some are going to give because they're on board with it. But when you're talking to them, what you're doing is this is a discipleship moment. You're inviting them to participate what God is doing in the world. It's an opportunity for them to grow and for you to grow in trust as well in what might be an awkward situation. Faith-raising exercise, not fundraising exercise. Love it. We'd just like to take a moment to tell you about the other podcasts in the Reach Australia podcast network. There is The One Thing, the Reach Australia podcast and Homegrown Faith. And you can find all of these podcasts in your podcasting app. Okay, so then as you plant, uh, we've got nine quick tips for you. Uh, So I'll do the first. You do the first. Pray about it. And pray about it often. Uh, Ask for wisdom, courage, words um, that people might see what God is doing here in your church plant and that they'll have generous hearts towards this work. Hmm. Excellent. Number two, set goals. You should hopefully already have a three-year budget for your church. Just pause there. If you're heading towards church planning and you don't have a three-year budget for your church, then just pause this and go and do a three-year budget. But the three-year budget should set those high-level goals that you need to hit um, as you build towards launch in those those first few months, in those first few years, so that you actually have goals that you can put before people, invite them into, so they can know uh, where their money is going and how it's going to be used. This is about building a shared credible vision, this part. Smaller goals are more attainable, um, but you need to think long-term with that. Third, build a list of people to approach and then work through that list. Uh, So if support raising is the thing that keeps getting pushed to the bottom of your list, uh, which it does for most planters, uh, then having a list of people that you're going to approach and then breaking that list down into a few people that you catch up with um, makes the task far more manageable. Yep, absolutely. Number four, keep in mind this is a relationship. This is not a transaction. The point at which we start dealing with people transactionally is the point at which we are not loving them well. Um, you are not in this conversation just to get money out of people. Mm. You're there to care for them, raise their eyes to what God is doing, call them into partnership and be open to that genuine partnership that's to and fro. So the partnership on this might be financial, it might just be in prayer, whichever it is, you want to keep at the forefront of your mind that this is a person in front of you to love and care for. And so that should shape the conversation. Number five, uh, when you ask, be specific. So if you have a list of people that you're talking to, it can be helpful both for your planning uh, and for your conversation with them to have a figure in mind that you might put to them. Uh, So this figure will make it tangible, what level of financial support um, that will help see your church plant take hold. Uh, Generally, if you're speaking to people in your launch team, you also are wanting them to give regularly, so helping them think through that. And then if you're speaking to external supporters, uh, they might be committing either for one to three years uh, to help the church uh, plan get to sustainability, or you might be talking to them as well about a one-off gift just to kickstart things. Whatever it is, you will serve people well and help them make a better decision if you give them something tangible to think over. Excellent. Number six, uh, don't push people to make a decision on the spot for it either. Mm. 
uh, ask them, but you put a clear ask in front of them about how they can partner, but ask them to go away and pray about it. Some people may answer on the spot, great, but, but don't expect that and don't require people to do that. Ask them to go away, pray about it, and then follow them up. You have to follow them up. You've got to give them a call. Say something like, Look, I'll give you a call in a couple of days' time just to check in to see how you're feeling about it. If you want to call me before that, that's great, but make sure you follow them. Your goal is not to manipulate people. No, I'm going to buy you a coffee, but you can't leave until you commit to You just can't do that. It's not loving. It's not right. No, you can't well, do you, that. You could do that. It wouldn't it's be terrible. right. It's terrible. It is terrible. That's exactly right. Yeah. So you want their heart in this in the same way that your heart is in this. Mm. And so the, the point is to give them space and time to pray about it, to look at where they're at financially as well and see what they can do. Mm. You stole my thunder a little bit. Number seven is to follow them up. Sorry. That's okay. No, Sorry. that's good. We'll reiterate. Follow them up. Uh, if you've made the ask, you've given them, as we said, time to think and pray about it. It's crucial that you follow up. Um, and you follow up within the time frame that you said you would. Uh, so if you flag that in your conversation with them, it's clear that your relationship with them is not dependent on whether they, what kind of answer that they give. Um, but just to let them know that they'll be expecting a phone call from you. So put it, on, put it in your diary when you will follow up and make sure you do it. Make sure you do it. Yeah. Now, you stole a little bit of thunder from me a couple of videos ago on this Did one, I? but this is, this is number eight. Communicate with them about the impact of their support. This is really key. It's just foundational that if this is a partnership, they're in this with you because they're invested in the same outcomes that you have. They want to see people's lives change. They want to see eternities change. So for those who are keen to partner with you, whether prayer or finances, it is incumbent on you to communicate back to them the impact of their partnership, their prayer and financial support. If they are captured by the vision, they're going to be looking for opportunities to thank God for what he's doing in your work right there. So make sure through whatever channels you've got, you communicate with them what's happening on the ground. Yeah. And lastly, number nine, uh, build an ongoing relationship that really reflects your thankfulness for them, uh, the partnership that you have with them and your concern for them as your brother and sister in Christ. So this connects uh, our previous points, number four and number eight. Uh, but as you let them know what's going on in your church and you ask them to pray, build into that communication and ability for your supporters to let you know how they're doing, what you can be praying for them. Uh, so it is a two-way street. Uh, this builds a really a deeper relationship over time and it allows you to partner with them as well. Yeah, look, there's heaps to say on this topic. This is, this is a hugely important era, hugely important competency for church planners and church leaders to lean into and to grow. But I say at its heart, this is not just a competency that's there and needs to be grown, but this is a deeply biblical issue, deeply biblical issue. This is a gospel conviction. The question of will you allow other people to partner with you in this way, in what God is doing in this world, in the way you are working in this plan to reach people? Will you allow them to partner through prayer or finances in order to see the lost reached? That's the question. That's the reorientation of our mind we need to have as we come and grow the skills to this end. Will we allow people to partner with us in this way? In this episode, we're going to be speaking about financial partners for your church plant. Oh, plant. Plant. <laughs> I say plant. 